Welcome to the LifeWay Student Ministry Podcast. I'm Ben Trueblood, John Paul Basham here as well. Yo. Producer Nathan on the ones and the twos, as the, as they say. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. It's a DJ phrase, right? Yeah, you got one turntable, two turntable. I think that's how it goes. Yeah, we'll have to have a DJ on and ask that question at some point. But we are glad to be with you for another episode of the podcast. I want to tell you about something that is coming up that is going to be really awesome for you. And that is the Launch 2020 conference for you, the youth pastor. It is absolutely free. It's going to be through the Student Ministry That Matters YouTube channel. So you can head over there. Uh, you can put a little reminder in for yourself. Subscribe while you're there. That'd be awesome. But here's the main point. Launch 2020 is a free conference for you, the youth pastor. It's going to be on August 20th at 1 p.m. Central Time. And there's all kind of free digital goodies for you. If you, it, It's like the free conference bag. You hit me with that time again, Ben. That okay. is August the 20th at 1 p.m., Central Standard Time, and you can find out more on the website. Now, brace for it. This is going to be a little long, and that's okay. We're going to power through together. Here's the website for the event, studentministry.lifeway.com slash launch 2020. Studentministry.lifeway.com slash launch 2020 is the website where you can sign up, and by signing up, you get all kind of digital goodies in your conference bag. Okay, so I hope to see you there. It is going to be a fun event. Uh, We've got a lot of good stuff in the works for you. Onward to the podcast today. We're going to be talking about uh, something that I think John Paul is on the minds of just about every church leader. This is outside of student pastors even. This is on the mind of every church leader right now in our country, I believe. And that is expectations about this fall for ministry. What's going to happen? Who's going to come back? What's ministry going to look like? Just the area of expectations in general, everybody is thinking about it. Yeah, and a- across the board. I mean, not not just churches. I mean, the whole world. I fully expected to be back in the Lifeway building by now. Yes. And to be back in a in a regular swing of life in general. And now we're looking at my kids probably aren't even going to school, and I was pretty excited about having them three, three of them out of the house in some kind of school this fall. So now, I mean, people are looking at homeschool, churches are looking at still meeting only to a certain degree, and that's affecting small groups, and I mean, even just volunteers, like what? How available are your volunteers going to be for things that you do when they're having to do school with their kids at home? and there's a lot up in the air. Yeah, there certainly is. And then, so I think we'll dive into these things. I think one of the dangers that I'd like to just throw out at the beginning and say, student pastors, watch out for this one. And that is having unrealistic expectations on yourself for what's going to be happening in ministry in this season. Uh, so, the expectations that you had for yourself for last fall, probably not a good idea to have those same expectations for this fall. Um, I know a lot of you are great goal setters and a lot of you are, are thinking uh, thinking ahead and strategizing type of people. 
and this season is really playing tricks in your mind because you're trying to perhaps place expectations upon yourself that don't fit this moment coming into this fall. So the easy way to say it is don't get down on yourself because you don't have all the answers and you're having trouble thinking about what to do in this moment. At the same time, don't allow that to paralyze you and cause you to do nothing. So I I think there's a dual edged danger there. Yeah. And I think there's a, you know, we are not people without hope. That's right. Even in this season where things look like they're totally in the air, we still have to realize that this was the Lord's plan. We didn't see it coming, but he planned, he decreed that it would happen exactly this way. So if this is part of his plan, there are very good and holy things that are to be done and accomplished in the middle of this. And so it's easy to say, gosh, I, you know what? I'm throwing my hands up. I can't do ministry. I'm totally, you know, got my hands tied behind my back here. And so we're just going to cruise. But the truth is that there's still a call to do ministry and to proclaim his name and to disciple the people that God has made you the steward over. And so really the question is, okay, God, if this was your plan, then how does that mean I'm supposed to do these things differently? Maybe what is that pushing me to do that I wasn't doing before? What obstacles are you removing and and what opportunities are there in the void from where those obstacles have been taken away? And I think there is a very healthy and positive approach toward what ministry can be done instead of what ministry can't be done. Yeah, man, I think that is right on and and the mindset to take into this. I had a conversation um, on the YouTube channel uh, recently with Chad Higgins. And one of the points that we talked about was returning to the mission and values and strategy that is in place. So the mission and values piece of that One of the great things that can happen in this moment is it does return us to the central mission and and vision of why we exist. That's the central idea. And those things don't change, right? Like those things are steady. So for those of you that have worked on uh, values in your ministry, you've worked on a vision, you've worked on the mission of why you're here and you have those things ready. It's, this is not a complete reconstruction moment. It's going back to that and saying, okay, how do we accomplish that which God has called us to do in a new way? So the mission and the vision don't change, but the strategy to get at that is the thing that's adjusted and changed. And man, that can be like really, really exciting and freeing for people. I was talking to a student pastor, and he, he actually just took a, a new role at a church here in Nashville um, as a student pastor in, in one of their Franklin campuses. And we were talking about what student ministry looks like. And so this is day two in his new post, and we were kind of walking through, what do you what do you see for this ministry? Because he has an interesting opportunity. Although he was on a church staff before, he was in a communications role. Now he's stepping into a student ministry role. But he has a unique opportunity to step into a ministry under these circumstances. And so he's not looking at everything that had been done 
for the past few years in the history of that student ministry. But now he's looking at how do I just start ministry under these circumstances? And so we walked through a conversation from that perspective. And one of the things that we both found ourselves zeroing in on is because there is less of an opportunity to do events and to do the big gatherings that take the time and planning uh, and really the bulk of a lot of your a lot of your day-to-day in-office work there's so much more time to lean hard into the small group discipleship uh, and figuring out what that looks like because those are things you can't actually do you know you can get small groups yeah. of students and stay spread out and do those things and really still intentionally disciple and do that well so the play then is man let me dream about how I can set myself up for ministry when we can gather by thinking through how many kids can I strategically plan to dive deep with, not just from me, but also from my other volunteers. Like if we said, man, in in the midst of all the crazy of normal ministry, I could have maybe taken five kids deep. Now we're looking at, well, we can't do all the other stuff. So What's a plan to getting 50 kids really deep or whatever your context is? Yeah. And then to be able to dream about, man, if if it took a year for us to get back to normal, but we came back in a year with 50 kids having been discipled like I've never discipled kids before. Can you imagine the momentum that that would carry when you start adding back in those other ministry elements on top of a foundation of a serious core of kids? That's yeah. exciting. It is exciting. And man, so one of the things, like our schools here where we live, where my kids would be going, uh, are going to go, announced this week that they're going to begin the school year with a hybrid model of two days a week on campus and three days a week through at-home learning. In a church setting, just think about so like our church at the same time has not said when they're going to return to wednesday night activities sunday mornings sunday with uh you know restrictions and things like that are in place now um returning to sunday morning small groups with you know safety restrictions in place in uh in the mid by mid-august but wednesday night programming is largely off the table still And so if I'm a youth pastor, I've spent a lot of time trying to think, like, if I was a youth pastor in this moment, what would I do? Like, what would I be trying to think about right now? And I put myself in that spot and and I I say, okay, if I don't have Wednesday nights to plan and I know that the students in schools in my county are going to be out of school three days a week, then what you just articulated, John Paul, is totally doable. I can meet with exponentially more teenagers in one on a few discipleship, whether that's in person, in small groups for, you know, safety precautions and all that, or it's online because they're going to be online doing school. And what's another online meeting for discipleship? But the time that, that you and I spent and that youth pastors all over this country spend pouring into those other things that maybe aren't going to happen this fall repurposing that time can get you so much more deeper engagement. 
And so one of the things that I've, I've been thinking about that and the other one that I've been thinking about really has been on my mind since a conversation had with Mike Taylor weeks and weeks and weeks, like producer Nathan, I think it was back in March, like when this, when this thing first started and Mike is big time relationships guy. And we talked a lot about relational ministry. And so my mind has been in that space in what it would look like to really return to relational ministry and student ministry. And this is it. Like fast forward four months from that conversation that Mike and I had, and we're in the moment now where like all you've got is relational ministry. And in one side, and in one side, I think people look at all we've got is relational ministry as a negative thing, and we can't do what we want to do, and we can't do all these things. But I think the real challenge that we want to put before you through this podcast and through this conversation is what can you do? Yeah. Like, what can you do that all of the time was was spent going somewhere else? What can you do now in relational ministry to speed your ministry forward in terms of discipleship, in terms of relationships? That, that it is a real opportunity. Well, I, I think there's two. There's just a, there's the expectation of American church programming, and small groups are an element of that. But I think this is uh, the this is a set of circumstances which forces us to think what more can I accomplish in a small group real truly relational model of ministry that's different from the attractional event-based ministry. <clears throat> but listen, small groups are not a this is not a little thing. It shouldn't just be at any point in our ministry careers, a checkbox. I mean, small house churches are the way that the Christian community in China exploded, right? That's right. I mean, small groups, small relational Christian community is how the gospel thrives around the world. And it can do that here too. So I find myself in a place where I feel like you have to say, Thank you, Lord, for making us do what's most important. <laughs> that's exactly right. So that's exciting. Ben, I think another another piece of the equation is because the church as a whole is struggling with expectations. Just, you know, executive leadership teams in churches all around the world are trying to figure out what is the whole church structure going to look like over the next months And so that can put some strain on communication because everybody's trying to figure it out. And sometimes the individual ministries themselves can find themselves needing and wanting more communication. And so expectations are off from what they were last fall versus this fall. And now they can even be a little bit unclear as communication is not as clear as it could be. So to try to fend that off as we get ourselves in this place of excitement and dreaming about a different model of ministry, how would you encourage student pastors uh, to try to help themselves make sure that their expectations of the people they report to and the expectations that the people they report to have of them are clear? Yeah. I mean, I think the biggest thing there has to be open and honest communication. Right. So you mentioned that staff teams, this is a beyond the student pastor issue. Staff teams are struggling with thinking through uh, how to proceed with ministry 
this fall and what to do. And the target seems like it's constantly moving. Uh, so because of that, the plans have to constantly change. So I think it has to begin with open and honest communication where you go to your supervisor and say like, hey, let's talk about what expectations are for this for this fall. What do you want to see from student ministry? And a better question, how can student ministry help accomplish what you're seeing for the entire church in this moment? What is the unique role that I can play, that student ministry can play in this conversation? Um, anytime there's unsaid expectations, there's a greater chance that there are going to be unmet expectations. Yeah, that's good. And so I think that communication piece is, has to be where it starts. And look, uh, you and I have talked to enough student pastors to know that the expectation conversation is one that is rarely had in normal circumstances, much less in a circumstance like this. And so this is going to push you, student pastor, probably out of your comfort zone a little bit. It might push your supervisor out of their comfort zone a little bit. But I think you're insulated in this moment because everybody's asking questions, trying to figure things out. And so in the safety of a moment where everybody's asking questions, I think this opens the door maybe for a healthy conversation around expectations for the very first time. This probably opens the door too uh, for a win for student pastors today because a lot of church leadership is going to be thinking about what what are the things that we can do. And when, in large part, you can't do most of what you've been doing in student ministry, student ministry is probably not going to be top of mind. So for you to come with the dream of, okay, well, here are the things that I think we can do that I think we could knock out of the park. Let me know what you think. This is a great opportunity for you to show yourself as forward thinking. Um. And the only other thing that I would add to that is what you've heard us say before. If you want to make sure that you're on the same page, you are going to have to create a page. And so all that means is write it down. Write everything down so that there's a clear record of that communication. You don't forget what's been asked of you. They don't forget what you have proposed. And in the end, you all have an agreement somewhere of what you're going to do. I absolutely agree. And that, man... I love that. Listen, I don't. I don't want to gloss over that. This is a difficult moment. Uh, there's there's a lot of loss that's ex being experienced. There's a, there's a lot of difficulty in this. But in ministry, like we talked about just a moment ago, this moment can provide you as the student pastor an opportunity to to build a lot of foundation and framework for future ministry in relationship and discipleship with your students, and it can also provide an opportunity for you to build foundation and framework for future relationship with those who are in supervisory positions with you. Like this moment can really be a foundation construction moment for opportunities and effectiveness in ministry from this point forward. And I think that's the approach in this moment. Totally agree. This has been an episode of the LifeWay Student Ministry Podcast. We will see you next time.